Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 58. Father, we thy loving children lift our hearts in joy today, knowing well that thou wilt keep us ever in thy blessed way. Thou art love and thou art wisdom. Thou art life and thou art all. In thy spirit, living, moving, we shall neither faint nor fall. Hymn number 58. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website 
and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the place to click for the Wednesday evening text. That's where you'll find the readings for tonight. The theme for tonight is the love of God, and the, the readings will now be given by Fairley from Maryland. The Bible. Romans, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Second Corinthians. I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. But we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Second Thessalonians. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men hath not faith. But the Lord is faithful who should establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Titus, we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, 
that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. 1 John, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The relative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. It is ignorance and false belief based on a material sense of things which hides spiritual beauty and goodness. Understanding this, Paul said, neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. This is the doctrine of Christian science, that divine love cannot be deprived of its manifestation or object, that joy cannot be turned into sorrow, for sorrow is not the master of joy, that good can never produce evil, that matter can never produce mind, nor life result in death. The perfect man, governed by God, his perfect principle, is sinless and eternal. Jesus' life proved, divinely and scientifically, that God is love, whereas priest and rabbi affirmed God to be a mighty potentate who loves and hates. The Jewish theology gave no hint of the unchanging love of God. A misplaced word changes the sense and misstates the science of the scriptures. As, for instance, to name love as merely an attribute of God. But we can, by special and proper capitalization, speak of the love of love, meaning by that what the beloved disciple meant in one of his epistles when he said, God is love. The rule of divinity is golden. To be wise and true rejoices every heart. But evil influences waver the scales of justice and mercy. 
no personal considerations should allow any root of bitterness to spring up between Christian scientists, nor cause any misapprehension as to the motives of others. We must love our enemies and continue to do so unto the end. By the love of God, we can cancel error in our own hearts and blot it out of others. Here we proceed to another scriptural passage which serves to confirm Christian science. Christ Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. It is obvious that he calls his disciples special attention to his new commandment. And wherefore? Because it emphasizes the apostles' declaration. God is love. It elucidates Christianity, illustrates God and man as his likeness, and commands man to love as Jesus loved. The law and the gospel concur, and both will be fulfilled. Is it necessary to say that the likeness of God, spirit, is spiritual? And the likeness of love is loving? When loving, we learn that God is love. Mortals hating or unloving are neither Christians nor scientists. The new commandment of Christ Jesus shows what true spirituality is and its harmonious effects on the sick and the sinner. No person can heal or reform mankind unless he is actuated by love and goodwill towards men. The coincidence between the law and the gospel, between the old and the new commandment, confirms the fact that God and love are one. Divine science fulfills the law and the gospel, wherein God is infinite love, including nothing unlovely, producing nothing unlike himself. The true nature of love, intact and eternal. Divine metaphysics concedes no origin or causation apart from God. It accords all to God, Spirit, and his infinite manifestations of love, man and the universe. This is the Father's great love that he hath bestowed upon us, and it holds man in endless life and one eternal round of harmonious being. It guides him by truth that knows no error. And with supersensual, impartial, and unquenchable love. 
Why does not the certainty of individual punishment for sin prevent the wrong action? It is the love of God and not the fear of evil that is the incentive in science. I rejoice with those who rejoice and am too apt to weep with those who weep. But over and above it all, our eternal sunshine and joy unspeakable. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Let's next hing, sing hymn number 79. God is love. His mercy brightens all the path in which we rove. Bliss he wakes and woe he lightens. God is wisdom. God is love. Hymn number 79.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, January 26, 2022. At all our meetings and services, we read from the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has a wonderful collection of the finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. There are other writings by Mrs. Eddy and also writings by people who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. We also have several other websites in quite a few different languages so that people all around the world can find the healing and protecting message of Christian science in their own language. So feel free to look through our websites. There is no charge at all for reading or listening to anything on our websites. And we are happy to say that we have members and regular participants at our church services from all around the United States and the world. Our Bible study for February will be held in about two and a half weeks on Saturday, February 12th at 10 a.m. The questions are already posted on the church website under the This Week's Lesson tab. It looks like it's going to be another very interesting time, so be sure to join us Saturday morning, February 12th at 10 o'clock. Tomorrow night, Thursday, January 27th, we will be having our annual meeting for members at 8 p.m. If you are a member and you can't get here in person, you can phone in on the church teleconference number to participate. As we usually do, we will only be having the 10 o'clock Unity Watch tomorrow night so to give us enough time to finish the meeting. So remember, tomorrow night, membership meeting at 8 o'clock, no 9 o'clock Unity Watch, but be sure to join us at 10 o'clock for the combined Unity Watch. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. These are wonderful sessions that help us to fine-tune our understanding of Christian science and to better understand how to live this science in our daily lives. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then, right after the roundtable, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to tune in to both of these, the round table at 10 and the church service at 11. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. The Sunday school is open to children from anywhere. Many of the students call in on the telephone from out of state. So if you have a child who doesn't live in the area and would like to attend, call the church to get the phone number and they can attend by phone too. We'll be very happy to welcome your children. And we also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, 
be sure to bring the little ones along too. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jeremy. A few weeks ago, my practitioner spoke to me about making sure to keep myself aloof from society, as Mrs. Eddy did in the early days of her discovery of Christian science. With all that is going on, it certainly feels like good counsel. But even before all this, keeping to myself has never been terribly difficult for me. Sometimes, however, it feels like divine inspiration gets me to work outside my comfort zone, and lately I ended up feeling like it was important to offer a helping hand to someone I've known in passing for a while. <clears throat> Interestingly, this person seemed to have an issue with church and religion in general, Someone who, like myself, had a mother who wrongly used Christianity in a way that turned him off to it. So I was grateful to be able to do some work for him and have a few conversations about how the church has blessed me and why I'm so appreciative for it. I'm thankful that the words just came in a natural way so that now I feel a bit of friendship with him and I feel also that he has softened to the thought of this church. I'm very grateful for Christian Science, this church, and for practitioner support, which has given me so much through these years and made it so that I can share this good with others. Thank you. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. I am so very grateful for everything that Plainfield is doing. At Sunday's roundtable, I loved how Mary explained to keep our focus always on God. What amazing teachers we have here in Mary and in Florence and Gary and others. Sunday's roundtable reminded me of an experience I had many years ago. I was struggling without home and without even food to eat. 
I had only two little eggs as food that would need to last me for three days until my paycheck came through from my employer at that time. I asked our wonderful practitioner here in Australia for supporting prayer. I was very new to Christian science, not even a member at that time, but I loved Mrs Eddy's writings very much, even back then. And this drew me to ask this practitioner for help, for he so perfectly embodied all that I had read of Mrs Eddy's teachings. He gave me Hymn 75 to work with. God comes with succour speedy to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong. Well, this was just music to my heart at that time. He told me to cook up my last eggs and have a nice dinner, to thank God for all the good he had done for me, and to trust God's disposal of events. The instruction he gave was accompanied by a sense of spiritual power that I had never felt before, not from my Christian upbringing, nor from any practitioner that I knew here. I went to sleep that night praying with this lovely hymn and feeling an extraordinary sense of peace and comfort. I woke very early and very buoyant the next morning with the idea to get into work early and nibble on the break room biscuits for my breakfast. But I met a very different situation. A colleague at work had somehow gleaned my need and mentioned it to her friend who worked with a local charity. Well, this charity reached out to me and gave me enough food stamps to feed me for two whole weeks. I couldn't believe it. I cried heartily about that and immediately rang this wonderful practitioner and told him that God had provided manna for my day, just like he had said, and not just manna for one day, but 14 days. Right before my eyes, my need was met through those loving people who cut through all the red tape that would have delayed those food stamps the biggest red tape would have been my own ego because I never would have ever asked a charity for help, even though I sorely did need help. Yet, with a pure Christian science practitioner at the back of thought, just like that, in the blink of an eye, my need was met. This wonderful practitioner, who has since passed on or graduated, as I like to think of it, he taught me so much and he taught so many. But for me, this was the first time my prayer had been answered so immediately and so perfectly. And the difference was that I had been shown how to focus all my thought on God not on the problem that I was supposedly suffering with. I had been taught how to apply pure Christian science as taught by our dear leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Now I have not found that pure teaching, no, not anywhere else, other than here 
at Plainfield Independent. All of this learning is the same unmistakable, pure Christian science that I was taught here in Australia by this wonderful practitioner who stood for God and for Mrs. Eddy. I could fill a book with all the prayer that has since been answered from that time all those years ago to today. But I will never forget that first lesson on the truth of being and to trust God's disposal of events. Here at Plainfield Independent, we have that pure Christian science being taught and practised. Thank you all so very much and so much love to you. Thank you. Mara, Mississippi. Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead, please. Hi. Um, I'd like to first of all thank, uh, thank you for the readings tonight. They were very beautiful. Um, and also thank you to everyone who participates in the roundtable discussions on Sunday mornings uh, and also the testimony is on Wednesdays. The roundtable this particular Sunday was so inspiring and helpful to me, as well as uh, last week's Wednesday night testimony. To hear stories about people reaching out to God for help uh, to find an earring or an addiction problem or to sell paintings, it just—it truly shows um, that divine love really does meet all our human needs. Um, this week I was struggling with symptoms that we hear all over the media and so many people seem to be afraid of. Uh, I reached out to my practitioner, who is just so sweet and positive and patient, um, and she said she would support me. Uh, she also told me to focus on the 91st Psalm, which I did. And not only did I read it over a bunch of times, but I also found an audible version on the Plainfield Christian Science website by Doris White Evans, which included a spiritual interpretation. And um, the 91st Psalm, it just really helped me understand God's love for us. And when I think about how much I love my own children as a human mother, I, I almost can't even imagine God's infinite love for each and every one of us, his spiritual creations that we are. And I'm so grateful that I feel good again. Um, and I'm also grateful for these experiences that I've had um, because they really just seem, they seem to just help me um, grow and get a closer understanding of God. Um, so thank you to everyone. I, you guys are just wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ella, Canada. Ella from Canada. Go ahead, please. Thank you. As an immigrant family, my sister and I embraced friends as our extended family. Our own blood-related cousins were scattered all over the world, Britain, Poland, Australia, and U.S. Growing up in Toronto, where everyone was from different parts of the globe, I was used to having friends that crossed many cultures, races, and religions. Typically, there were cultural festivals 
where we hopped from one cultural building to another cultural building, eating different foods, watching different dances, and listening to different languages, even though we didn't understand them. Years later, when I was introduced to Christian science, it felt very familiar when Mary Baker Eddy says that we are all held in the family of mankind, in the gospel of love. So endeavoring to live in the gospel of love, my husband and I rent out our children's rooms. The children have all grown up and left home. Recently, a man rented my son's room while waiting for his bride to arrive from Punjab, India. Upon arrival of the bride, I lent her a winter coat and mukluk. She has never seen snow. Canada has ample snow. The next three weeks, I had made a mission to dress this woman up in ski pants, jackets, gloves, scarves, and hats, and go out for a walk to prove that you can be too hot when dressed appropriately while walking outside in the snow. The bewilderment and joy on this woman's face was delightful. She knocked snow off an evergreen tree, a picture of childlike delight shone on her face. After about three weeks of pointers, how I as a Canadian dress in the winter outdoors and indoors was graciously accepted. The kitchen cuisine was another area of culture shock. I opened up my kitchen with all the tools and gadgetry. I expressed curiosity how she cooked with all those spices. Later, she helped me to figure out how to season a soup and to make it not so sour. In turn, she was curious why and how I made bone broth, how I made, made pizza dough, and everything I did was a curiosity. I had been told by her husband that when his wife arrives, they will find an apartment and move out, maybe the end of March. However, I hear from the wife that she doesn't want to move out. She says, what state of mind will I be in, in an apartment by myself while my husband goes to work? Here I can cook and watch you cook. God provides us with all we need. Cooking companions, shopping companions, walking and hiking companions, and living companions. Life is God's abundance, and we find that we all belong to the family of mankind. God places us all in our right family. As I laugh at how this couple has similar qualities to us, and ultimately to God only. Whether I have immigrated decades before, or she has immigrated recently, God fills our lives full of affection and love in his family of mankind. Grateful yours, Ella. Thank you. Candy from Wisconsin. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Mary Baker Eddy states in the Blue Book, 
Put away all selfishness out of your thought, such as thinking you have been wronged or any sense of ingratitude or injustice for others. Bury it out of sight forever and let love pour in where that has seemed to be. The other day I was out shopping and stopped to get something to eat. While standing in line to order, I couldn't help but overhear the conversation of the young men behind me. All was very positive until they started talking about their jobs. One of the men was very upset because he thought he was being asked to do more than all the others that he worked with. An alarm went off in my mind, as resentment is that start on that long road to disaster and discontent. While we were waiting for our food, I debated talking to him about this. But when I decided to proceed, I let him know it was none of my business, but I couldn't help but overhear about his job. I told him that when you think someone has taken advantage of you, be grateful for the good that you did or can do because gratitude is one of the most important attitudes for a joyful life. As he listened, his face lit up and he stated he had never thought of it that way. I received several profound thank yous. Well, the story doesn't end there. A few days later, my husband and I ran into some friends we had not seen for two years. After a while, we chit-chatted and left. It was then that I realized I was resentful for something that had happened with them in the past. I also remembered the above statement of Mrs. Eddy and what I had told the young man a few weeks earlier. At that point, I buried every sense of injustice and replaced it with love and gratitude for all the wonderful times we had had with this couple. Definitely, what blesses one blesses all. Thank you all, and have a blessed night. Thank you. Lethbridge A.V. Lethbridge N.V. A.V. A.V. Okay, go ahead, please. Hello, this is Michaela from Canada. Excerpt from Jesus Loves Me by Anna Bartlett Warner, 1859. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, as he loved so long ago, taking children on his knee, saying, let them come to me. I read this poem in one of the magazines, Shepherd, Show Me How to Go, on the Plainfield Sunday School website. These lines brought tears to my eyes. I felt suddenly like a child that Jesus called unto him. Don't I always stay a child? in the light of God. It is a comfort to know that I am, you are, we are all called to be in the presence of the Christ. The truth in love is so simple, but I oft, often make it complicated. I am truly thankful to the person who mentioned the Sunday School website during the roundtable last Sunday. I had the guts to check it out, and I was delighted. 
I not only read some of the magazines, but also the truth about fear, identity, bullying, and more, which are explained in such plain words that it refreshed me. It is good divine bread, easy to digest for head-heavy adults like me. This is just one example for the many meals of love I have received from the Plainfield website, the round table, Bible study, testimony meetings, services, and practitioner support. I am deeply grateful for all you all do and to show the way in love. More and more I am able to apply what I hear, what I hear here to my daily life. Many thanks to Divine Mind, Jesus Christ, and Mary Baker Eddy for revealing the truth and to all of you and for this beautiful meeting tonight. Have a good night. Thank you. Luba from Ohio. Go ahead, please. Good evening. I'm so grateful to the Plainfield Church for all they provide in a better understanding of Christian science. And I'm especially grateful to my practitioner for all of her support. This has been especially true in recent weeks. The record snowfall and temperatures way below zero have been, have been challenging. Over the weekend with these conditions, we also had several power outages. My practitioner has been so supportive, and my gratitude is enormous for this and also during this time. I was experiencing unusual bodily symptoms. I'm so grateful that by using the truth of Christian science, quieted the fear brought on with the peace of perfect God, perfect man. I'm staying with this truth only and with so much gratitude. I'm so very grateful to Christian Science and to my practitioner. Thank you for the readings tonight, the music, and I'm very happy to be here this evening. Thank you. Linda, go ahead, please. Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I, too, want to express my gratitude for a last roundtable titled The Mighty Power of Truth. We were reminded to slow down and not rush to the next thing. Part of this was so that we could assimilate the truth that we are reading. I was very grateful for this reminder. And, uh, that, and that, that simple, just one simple truth was all you needed, and that was okay. And having grown up under the organization, I remember feeling that you had to get as much of the reading in as you could and just kind of cram, and the more the better. And it never helped me, but this simple truth and holding on to it and understanding it has been a very powerful tool. Just um, after this time, I was driving in the car and I had a wave of overwhelming tiredness, which was some symptoms that had returned that I had challenged a few years ago. And I certainly couldn't succumb to it. 
and it was a little hard to focus, but I remembered that all I needed to do was hold tight to just one truth. So I pushed back with the idea that God is my strength, and I had proven this before, and I knew it to be true. And also from Psalm 45:13, the king's daughter is all glorious within, which helped me counter that there could be any cause for this. Within minutes, the feeling lifted completely, and I became alert and clear, was able to do several hours of needed work easily. I'm very grateful to be here learning to how to pray effectively and live a life of prayer. I'm very grateful for our God, for Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, my practitioner, and this church. Thank you. Shardy. Good evening. Tonight, I would like to offer my gratitude for our hymns, but especially for Mrs. Eddy's hymns. I will never forget the first time I heard the fourth stanza of hymn 253, Christ, My Refuge. Quote, And o'er the earth's troubled, angry sea, I see Christ walk and come to me and tenderly, divinely talk." End quote. I have never forgotten that moment, and I have used this in prayers over the years. There are so many hymns that heal and bless. Our unity watches include hymns sometimes, as we have seen recently, and can be utilized in our individual prayers and watches. A friend shared hymn number 36 last week that was in a unity watch, and the words that have stayed with me are these, quote, let not the hurrying crowds of time keep our steps from being unhurried, calm, and sure, end quote. I thank our church for providing so many ways in which to find inspiration, insight, and revelation. What a blessing. I also offer my gratitude to God, Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, and my practitioner. Thank you. Thank you. Nancy, New Jersey. Nancy from New Jersey. Go ahead, please. Good evening. Thank you for the service this evening, for the beautiful and inspiring music and the readings. Tonight I wanted to express my gratitude for the abundance of recorded material that's made available to us on the website, and my gratitude to those who read and record these articles and books so beautifully. These recordings have been a great source of comfort and inspiration and healing to me countless times. It has become my daily routine to end each day listening to a recording, whether it is from prose work, science and health, or an article by one of the early workers. There is always just the right recording to fulfill my needs. In this week's lesson in Mark, it tells about how Jesus fed 5,000 men with just five loaves of bread and two fishes. It said, and they did eat and were filled. This reminded me of the Plainfield Independent Church and the work that is faithfully being done here. 
and that with just a handful of workers, we are all being fed. Thousands are being fed all over the world through all that is given to us here. So for the weekly Bible lessons, our lesson writers, our weekly service, our music and website, roundtables, Bible studies, and the teachings and instructions and support of our practitioners, for all the testimonies, our translators, and for all those who contribute in bringing the Word of God, Christ Jesus' healing truth, and Mary Baker Eddy's pure Christian science to the world, bringing bread to the hungry, I'm so very deeply grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Linda, North Carolina. Linda from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Hi. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I wanted to begin with a quote from Science and Health that appears later in my testimony, and that is on page 242. Through repentance, spiritual baptism, and regeneration, mortals put off their material beliefs and false individuality. It may appear to have been a trifle thing at the time, but it impressed me enough to make the connection to this above quote. I had been reading Science and Health again from cover to cover, and I was so immersed in it that it was with me in thought all the time. I could call on it, on it, or rather, should I say, it could call upon me throughout my day. But now looking back on this experience, quite a few years ago, the blessings continue. I was enjoying a long run on one of many woodsy trails I often frequented. Among runners and walkers, there is an unspoken courtesy that we stay to our right unless passing someone in the dis passing someone. In the distance, I could see someone running toward me on their left side, which meant they were running on my side of the path. And because it was a straightaway, I could see far ahead and had plenty of time to think about the person approaching and encroaching on my side. I could so easily have shifted to my left when she passed and let her pass on my right, but I wanted her to move. And I had worked myself up into such a self-righteous huff that I waited until the very last moment to move. And when I did move over, I felt compelled to give her quite a bad look. Well, almost instantaneously, I felt a surge of guilt and shame wash over me. What had been self-righteous contempt toward another person was now contempt for myself. Whatever possessed me to act that way? Well, then almost immediately came the statement from Science and Health. Through repentance, spiritual baptism, and regeneration, mortals put off their material beliefs and false individuality. That was very strong. But this time, it came in the form of three commands. Repentance, spiritual baptism, and regeneration. Well, I was already in touch with the repentance because I was deeply remorseful for my behavior. But to approach the second command, spiritual baptism, was hard because I had to stop beating myself up for acting like such an idiot. In order to be baptized spiritually, I was being asked to completely put off my material beliefs. Well, in the past, before I even could comprehend this way of practicing, I would have struggled to be nicer and kinder, to try harder to be a better person. But this would just have been substituting a bad counterfeit for a good one, and of course would have been futile. 
But this time, I understood the science of the Christ behind the commands, and I was able to surrender my false individuality and the guilt and the misery that went along with it. I learned that it takes humility and also courage, especially to let go of shame and guilt. So I had to put that aside. And in order to complete my spiritual baptism, I had to include the baptism of the runner I had just encountered in the very same waters. Well, the next command was the affirmation of regeneration. And this took no effort at all. It was a natural result of putting into practice the two previous commands. I can honestly say that as I continued my run, I felt regenerated, fortified, and happy. And I was also alerted to be mindful of how mortal mind can sabotage our thinking and actions when we lose sight of the omnipresence of God's power and purpose for us in the smallest details of our lives. I'm very grateful to be able to share this because it was so helpful to me at the time and continues to be helpful to me. And I thank everyone at Plainfield for all the wonderful work that is going on on a regular basis that is strengthening me to this day. Thank you. Thank you. Craig. Thank you for this uh, service. And I really want to thank Fairly for this wonderful reading. She reads with such enthusiasm and certainty of of the uh, truth whenever she reads, and it's it's <clears throat> it's very inspiring. I uh, recently uh, want to thank Mary Baker Eddy again from her lessons on love, and love is not just a simple word, but it's a alive and it's an action, and it is a state of mind also. And and I learned in this church to. You don't really love until it's been tested. <laughs> and so the other day, luckily after you read Love Your Enemies, and we have a lesson on love, that uh, I, I, uh, someone misunderstood something that I had said. But no matter what, they wouldn't believe that I didn't <laughs> mean it. <laughs> but I refused to believe that, that they could not see that I loved them, and that they, I was telling them clearly why I said what I said, and there was nothing but <clears throat> sincerity in it. Well, people don't always accept it. <laughs> well, this time, they, they didn't accept what I had said, but I refused, and I was glad of this, because those articles I refused to stop, to stop loving them, and to stop believing that they could not see that I was telling them the truth. And so, as days went by, I just continued to be as certain and as kind whenever I uh, <clears throat> came across them. And, and they just broke them down. It broke them down, and it says that their consciousness and science health will be changed. You know, if you hold fast to the love and the truth and the good, It'll be changed, and eventually it did happen. So it doesn't always happen immediately, although it can, but it will happen. And I'm so grateful to have that experience that if you persist with love and the truth, 
you'll see it forth in your experience. I thank Mary Baker Eddy for for these, this is lesson, and for I thank uh, Fairly for giving us these readings. <clears throat> thank you, Gary. Mrs. Eddy uh, instructed her students to uh, handle the weather. She said that handling the weather was uh, just as important and maybe even easier than healing the sick. And she expected her students to do so. Um, well, we've had instruction in this church uh, for many years to handle the weather. Um, and we've had some wonderful experiences. And there's one that I will never forget. I think it was, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago now, where uh, New Jersey was uh, forecast to have a, a devastating storm. Um, and heavy winds and rain were forecast. And our teacher and practitioner at the time, Mrs. Evans, was here, and as soon as she heard that forecast, she got everybody in the church to work, to pray for the safety of everyone, knowing that God does not send storms. Well, um, we all took it very seriously, and we all prayed. <coughs> <clears throat> for the safety of everyone. Um, the next day, the storm arrived and and uh, quickly left. And uh, most of the surrounding communities lost some trees. Some were without electricity for a few hours. But the church and the communities in which church members lived did not suffer any damage at all nor were they without electricity. And none of the church activities was held up or slowed down at all by this storm coming through New Jersey. And I remember looking at driving through the neighborhood that the church is in the next day, and you could hardly tell that there was any storm at all. Well, I'm grateful for this experience I'm grateful for God's love and protection. I'm also grateful for the instructions of our teacher, Mrs. Evans, who insisted that we pray to God for protection and then expect it. It really is wonderful to know that God answers righteous prayer, that we can count on him at all times, that we can count on his laws to always be there for us, as long as we are obedient to them. So I'm grateful for this experience, this lesson. I'm grateful for the service tonight and to be with you all. And uh, thank you fairly for those fine readings tonight. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. Um, read a few things tonight. The first from Wisconsin. Thank you, Craig, for the very helpful Wednesday readings. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
A few years ago, I was reading something by one of the earlier Christian science workers about being a reader for church. He stated that to be a good reader, you must read not like everyone else, but read to enlighten the listeners to an idea they may not have thought of and to open up their thought. Every time you read, this happens. Thank you. And this is from England. Uh, This week I'd like to thank Parthens for the impressive testimony from 1889, which he posted on the forum. And I'd like to say thank you, too, for the first Bible study about Revelation on Saturday and all that Thomas kindly prepares for these sessions. I was surprised to read that Irving Tomlinson had written a book about Revelation, which I now have in a reading some of, as well as the Reverend Kratzer. When I went through class, the teacher recommended a fairly recent book by a non-Christian science lady author about Revelation, which I think shows that she did not know that early Christian science workers had already written good works on the subject from a Christian science viewpoint. So I am grateful to be learning all this, and I must make more hours for quiet reading. Much love to you all at Plainfield. Okay, and this is from Hawaii. We'll see how good my Hawaiian is. Mili Kali Keamaka and Hawa Uli Makahiki Hu. So if the author of this is listening, she's probably rolling her eyes. <laughs> anyway, that means Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in Hawaii. <laughs> Another full, another wonderful roundtable this past Sunday, and that, that is from January 9th. The Watching Point 193, read by Karen, was so spot on. It is easy to think I have finally arrived at understanding the vastness of God's dominion and love. Ha ha. I often fail to realize that when consciousness naturally makes its presence known within me, and I am overcome with that aha moment, whereby all things make sense, I oftentimes sit back, relax, and take a break from study. What a mistake. I end up feeling like a rudderless ship when mortal mind seeps quietly in, and she never fails to do so, to upset the apple cart. In fact, when I take this thought further and ponder how things would have changed if Christopher Columbus, navigating his way to the New World, upon seeing land, said to his men, Okay, men, abandon your positions. Just relax and take a coffee break, because land is ahoy. No, of course they wouldn't have done this. They needed to keep land in their sight until they reached its shores safely. I'm reminded to keep the study, practice, and discipline to do so at my helm, mind, at all times. (laughs) Excuse me. I am so grateful for all the lessons God is providing me to grow, demonstrate, and perhaps bless others in turn. May they be a man, beast, weather, events, etc. Thank you, Plainfield, for your tough love interpretation of Christian science, fueled by common sense and discipline, and not man's always warped idea of it. These past two years have been a wonder and a revelation to live with renewed purpose and activity how great life has become with warmest regards.
And then a uh, testimony from California. Over many moments this week, I have felt a welling up of gratitude from within me for being part of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. It is here that I am growing in my understanding of Christian science practice, surrounded by all the support needed for this journey. Violet Hay, one of the first Christian science teachers in England, involved in establishing a church in London and later in Cape Town, wrote seven hymns in our hymnal. I was reading one of them today, hymn number 64, because it came to thought in the midst of this outpouring of gratitude. And it is this, From sense to soul my pathway lies before me, from mist and shadow into truth's clear day. The dawn of all things real is breaking o'er me. My heart is singing, I have found the way. I have found Plainfield the catalyst of change within me. I am joining all of you on this pathway, and I am so very grateful. Sending each one of you love. so grateful tonight. Those were just beautiful, beautiful readings on love and so beautifully read. And then to hear all the beautiful testimonies, it was just like a, a lovely garden. Each one of you, how you are using this science, taking just one simple thing some way you've used it and expressing it in such a beautiful way that it blesses all of us, um, makes for a very, very mighty power. So I'm grateful for this church, for all of you, and I wish you all a, a good God-filled evening, and thanks for being with us all tonight. Thank you. To close our meeting, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 65. From glory unto glory, be this our joyous song. From glory unto glory, tis love that leads us on. As wider yet and wider, the rising splendors glow. What wisdom is revealed to us, what freedoms we may know. Hymn number 65.